Thank you guys for tuning in to the You Own the Experience podcast, the podcast where we're going to focus on the people experience with the staffing and recruiting world. Our first episode, we're going to interview Mr. Aaron Grossman, founder of Talent Launch and a great visionary in the staffing tech space. We talked to Aaron about his Redwood Tree culture in Talent Launch, as well as how he uses technology to ensure great outcomes for his candidates, customers, and his people. If you are listening to the show, please make sure that you rate it on either Spotify or Apple. And here we go. What's up, everybody? It's Rob, the host of the You Own the Experience podcast, the podcast where we're going to be focusing on the people experience and staffing and recruiting. Today, I actually have my first and premier guest with me, Mr. Aaron Grossman, the CEO, co-founder of a number of staffing companies, including Talent Launch and the Alliance Solutions Group. Aaron, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being uh, the first guest. I'm really excited to have you on. Actually, I know how much of a fan and a technical resource you are to the staffing world and an innovator as well as an entrepreneur. So yeah, really excited. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of this and kind of share a little bit of our story and how we think about the things that we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. So we're going to start with a two-minute elevator pitch of Aaron and, and what he does with his businesses. Then we're going to focus on how he hires, trains, and sets up standard operating procedures for his businesses to ensure a great people experience for everyone involved. And that includes the candidates, the contacts, and the people internally that work on his teams. We'll talk about technology and anything that Aaron sees coming up in the future for staffing and recruiting. Just to be fully transparent, I work for EmployeeStream, and EmployeeStream actually is basically a brainchild of Aaron's. He's one of the co-founders and, and kind of part of that deal. So Aaron, let's kick off. You give us a two-minute elevator pitch of talent launch and I guess your different ventures. Awesome. Yeah. I want to believe that what, what Talent Launch is, is unique to the industry and what we're trying to accomplish. But you know, basically, the Talent Launch Network is a nationwide network of independently operated staffing and recruitment firms that are all under current common ownership. When you think about it, there's about 97% of the 20,000 employment agencies, they end up really generating less than $25 million in annual revenues. So you've got a heavily fragmented industry. And Talent Launch provides a technology-enabled shared services platform that works to supercharge that 97%, which represents our member companies with fully integrated services and solutions, such as best-in-class technologies that are integrated, accounting and finance services, marketing solutions, learning and development, HR and risk management, as well as advisory services. And kind of like one of our special sauces is that we want to be the succession plan for successful staffing companies who don't have one. We work to extend the legacy of the founder by maintaining their brand identity that they created when they were owning their companies and have them operate within our network. And as a result of this intention, Talent Launch works to focus on the names of our brands when working with the communities we serve. Our member companies typically have been working within their markets for 25 plus years. And within our network, we offer a full range of employment solutions. So all of the operating companies that exist do a lot of different things in staffing. A lot of them are specialized within a wide variety of industries and job disciplines. And then, you know, one of the biggest validation points we've had since we really launched the Talent Launch Network concept in 2016 was under the concept of the Net Promoter Score. And every year, Clearly Rated, which is a third-party agency, runs the best in staffing company competition, which basically honors the top 2% of all staffing companies in North America. And in 2019, the overall score, which gauges the overall customer experience, was an abysmal score of four. And that's, I think, out of a possible hundred. So it's, it's a pretty bad experience. And the member companies that currently operate within the Talent Launch Network had an average MPS score 
in the 60s. So just monumentally different than what the industry speaks to the customers. And that gives us validation that all of the enabled shared services, outdoor shared services that we're providing is really providing a difference in the experience that our operating companies give to their customers. And as a result, we've grown quite a bit over the last few years. We're now, I believe, within one of the 100 largest staffing firms in the United States. And our goal, it's a pretty lofty goal. We want to get to a billion dollars in revenue by the end of 2027. I was doing my research and I was pretty excited. Just to confirm, you said the average NPS score that clearly redefines is a four? That was this year, correct. It was a nine the year before, so it went down to a four. Okay, so that means on average, the people working with staffing firms are experiencing below double digits score in terms of satisfaction. And then you guys are giving about a 60% in the talent launch network. Yeah, I think, you know, and I know that you'll ask some questions that we're very mindful about, which is centered around the candidate and customer experience. Yeah. And so we, we believe that technology helps us to support that. Okay. And so that's a good segue, right? Right into what we want to talk about. So is there anything people-wise, training, hiring, companies that you bring into the network that you're looking for to drive that and to help that? Or what does that look like for you? Ideally, the companies that we try to acquire and, and bring into our family within the Talent Launch Network are companies that have a strong brand reputation in the markets that they serve. We typically, as I mentioned, try to identify companies that have been in business for, you know, let's say on average 25 plus years. They really identified themselves in that market. And that gives us a lot of credence to maintain their brand legacy because of the amount of time they spent in those respective markets. And so, you know, we're one of the core tenants of the Talent Launch Network is centered around our culture. So we have this redwood tree concept that I developed years ago that really is something that we hold true to how we think about our lives and how we want to live them. And that in turn is represented in how we serve our customers. And I think when we find our people within other companies throughout the United States where those founders, you know, want to release their baby to somebody who's going to take care of it, we want to make sure that those values are aligned in, in accomplishing that so that we can really operate as a redwood tree does and without getting too involved with the redwood tree, but a redwood tree forest, actually all of the roots of these massively huge trees are connected underneath the ground. So no one really sees them. And that's really the essence of the talent launch network and the redwood tree culture is that for living that culture, all of these operating companies who have different names and operating independently still underneath are connected just like a redwood tree forest is and helping each other to learn, grow and become successful. That makes a lot of sense. And so not talking directly to the talent launch network, but is there anything philosophically that you look for in hiring or training? And maybe this is something too to bring up is the biggest complaint about staffing firms is their lack of communication. I remember first meeting you and we were sitting down chatting, uh, having a drink, but we we're at a conference and you were talking about Herefish, which is a company that I came from uh, that was just acquired by Bullhorn, obviously. And you were talking about all these engagement points. And so you were thinking about this years ago when you founded Employee Stream. Where did that understanding of communication being key come from for you? Well, it really started at the entire beginning of the process with respect to how people apply to a job, how people find jobs, and the communication around how that works and the ease of use of how to come through into the system so that people want to feel like there's an experience around how they go and find work. There is definitely a human element that I bring to what I do in this business, I really have always tried to think of the persons that are in the other shoes. Those candidates that are, you know, especially in the temporary world, they're typically unemployed or underemployed. There's, I have to imagine, a tremendous amount of stress in that moment. And oftentimes in, in the temporary world, 
you know, we might be placing people onto jobs that they've never actually even seen before. If we have like, you know, a direct send, for example, which I know a lot of people in the industry understand the term. And that being said, what are we doing as the employer of record and the employment agency to make sure that we're advocating for the talent and really providing a healthy experience along the way? And mostly, like you'd mentioned, managing the expectations. And the more that we can manage the expectations of that candidate, we can provide a better experience, I believe. And that leads to a better outcome on most occasions. I really think that's central to why we scored in the mid 60s this year for an NPS score. We do the same thing for customers. You know, we understand that our customers, their day job is not to hire people. You know, they're not making money doing that. We are. Their job is to actually do whatever it is they do, whether it's a service industry or a manufacturing industry or a distribution outfit. They're doing their thing. And I know that when they get off the phone with us, they have stopped focusing on us and they are doing their thing. And so from that, we have to make sure that we're managing expectations very effectively with the customer and we're instilling a sense of urgency and gratitude around the fact that a customer has actually chosen us to help them with their talent needs. But we have to have a sense of urgency and a process of how that gets accomplished. Got it. So and that's kind of like that last part of it, right? You know, training to a process, training to standard operating procedure of when you should reach out, when you have to reach out, you know, to let people know of certain things along the, the way, right? Very accurate. And, and the reality is like, when I try to tell customers that we are looking to work with, I want to educate them just on this process of hiring talent into their business. While on the surface, it sounds really easy. We match talent with opportunity. And so I think subjectively, a lot of people think that what's to it? Like, what do you really have to do about it? But when you really start to map out a high-level process that executes the outcomes that everybody wants to see and the experience that everybody wants to have, there's a lot of moving parts to it. There's a lot of ins and outs. And we still, as an industry, are very manual around that process. And when you think about it, you know, I believe every recruiter comes into today thinking they know exactly what they want to accomplish. But if you've lived in our industry, you know that's impossible. There are fires you immediately have to go and put out. And, and then you've got clients that have immediate needs that they're going to come and tell you. And it could be at any time during that day. And so you can really very easily lose track of really accomplishing every step of the way, the right way to manage that expectation. And so I believe that's central to why companies have a negative outlook on our industry. I had a fire hat on my desk when I was managing a sales team doing local <laughs> staffing. We're talking, like kind of laughing about who's the best firefighter for the day. But I think one of the interesting things um, is kind of, you know, thinking about you lose your day when you're reactive and you can't work that plan. And that, I think that's what you're saying is like, if you're always being reactive and you can't work those plans that you came in for, then the strategy around your communications will fall off and you'll, you'll lose that ability to deliver that great experience for the people that are involved. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. And the way I kind of simplify this is that there's a journey to things and there's an outcome of things. And we want to be able to accomplish both the journey at a very high level, as well as the outcome that eventually comes from it. In, in any business, the outcome typically is what drives revenue. And so ultimately, everybody in the business is going to be they're going to prioritize the outcome over the journey. And that journey, when it's not executed at a high level, is really what causes the bad outcomes and the bad experience of those outcomes. And that's really what I think technology helps us solve for because I believe at this point, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, it's virtually impossible for high volume staffing to manage the expectations 
in the most proper way possible and checking off every step of the process each and every time, I believe that's impossible. I think what happens is that recruiters end up negating some of the things along the journey just to focus on getting the outcome. And that causes a lot of our problems. That's kind of the, the mindset of an athlete, right? Like, are you invested in the journey, all the weightlifting, all the practices, or do you just want to be the, the champion, right? So, but I think, right. I think for recruiting, I mean, that's an easy way. To, it's kind of like an easy way to, to, to find it. But for recruiting, there's a lot of little steps that have to be done to create that great outcome. Because in a customer-facing world, in, in the customer world where we're dominant, the customer is way more knowledgeable than the average person is now, right? They can Google anything. You know, they can Google who has the best outcomes. So they can see the talent launch has 60 over four, right? And if you have that knowledge, then it's really all those little things that add up to that, that ranking as opposed to just going in and saying, hey, I got this great job that pays me a lot of money, but they didn't talk to me for six months. I, I applied in April. I didn't get the job until October. And then just, I just didn't hear anything until they're like, oh, here's your offer letter. Or like, you have an interview and that was three months later. And then you got an offer letter another three months. Like sometimes that's the customer and taking forever, but that's a different issue. But I, but I think that's what you're talking about. And I think that's really where, and let's, let's go into technology here. I think that's really where technology can come in. And that's, I mean, something that you were dreaming up before Employee Stream was launched. And I think before even Herefish got launched back in 2013, 2014. But I mean, how do you guys use technology in Talent Launch, if you don't mind sharing maybe some of that secret sauce, or if you do mind just kind of the philosophy around it? I don't mind kind of sharing the different tools that we use. But again, the premise from the tools is centered around the experience of the journey to help us achieve the right outcome. So Bullhorn is our ATS, and we been with Bullhorn for several years now. And, you know, they're a great partner. And one of the things they allow us to do is have open-ended APIs so that we can integrate all of our solutions. So the first aspect of things is that we want to make sure a recruiter has the easiest way to take advantage of the best technologies that exist in our industry. And as I validated Talent Launch and, and started interviewing people that I knew that own staffing companies throughout the United States, smaller companies, the ones that fit in at 97%, what I learned very quickly is that some of them had procured these, some of these technologies that didn't have the resources, the, the bandwidth to actually integrate them. So as a result of that, the recruiters weren't using them because they don't have time. Two things, time and managing expectations are the two things that wreak havoc in our space. You know, we don't have enough time. Applications for me back when I first started the business, I knew as an issue, people at that time, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, typically had to come into an agency to apply. They were going to spend two and a half hours there applying, taking tests, interviewing without the knowledge of whether they were going to have a job or not when they left, right? So it was really cumbersome and you really had to do a sales job mainly to get people just in the door. And so very early on, I thought of technologies, can we help the application process? Because there's some way we can have people do the majority of the application process from home. And I think I was actually one of the first early adopters of that concept. That time it worked with DocuSign on just the terms and sending out the paperwork and, and having it signed and, and being able to give assessments from home so that really by the time they came in, the goal back then was by the time they came in to our office, they didn't have to do a great deal of that work. It was already done. And so we were really just focused on the interview process along with some of the ancillary paperwork they might have to fill out. What I learned, the evolution of this was actually centered around compliance. So there's a lot of like critical steps that you should be doing to make sure that you're not getting yourselves in trouble. 
And we had a large client that we actually ended up losing because of that. We had a client, we had a new recruiter. At that time, the process that we had in place is that recruiters were responsible for running background checks on the talent. We had a new recruiter that was within three months of joining the team. He was assigned to one of our larger accounts in one of our businesses. And he didn't give that guy a background check. That person, 90 days later, the company wanted to hire that person on. They liked him. They ran their own background check, found out that he had a felony. And it was heartbreaking for one, because we actually lost the trust of that customer completely. And we had never gotten that customer back. It was really upsetting. We realized very quickly there's a problem. But more importantly is that we thought that that problem existed with other agencies too. And I think that's proven out to be right, because that was really the beginnings of employee stream. The idea of that of like, how do we create an onboarding tool that really helps us from a compliance standpoint, make sure that the most important things in preparation of getting somebody hired are getting done. And we're not reliant on somebody who's been in the business for three months to make sure that happens. So that was really kind of the beginnings of that. And you know, from there, the other aspect of it too was just really at that time, we noticed that mobile was becoming the new way. And we wanted to make sure we had a way in which our talent can access us from their mobile devices. And it was amazing when we first came up with a solution into our business, after that first year of auditing, just how many people applied through their phone or iPad, I think it was like 50%. And we saw a massive increase in candidate flow coming into our network at that time, which really helped us validate the concept. And then we ended up building it into a product and taking it out of our business. And that was kind of the beginnings of employee stream in a lot of ways. But from there, we started to really kind of identify what's next in that leg. And and that's really centered around the fulfillment process, as well as the account management process when somebody's actively engaged on, a, on an assignment. And that's where I talked about earlier, with, there's all these inputs and inputs and outputs from the customer, the talent, and the, and the recruiter that if they have to be managed perfectly to really create the right journey of an experience to drive the outcome. And I thought that there was a lot of opportunity to kind of solve for that. And obviously, there was solutions that came up like Herefish and Sense. And I know we partnered with Herefish and I think currently we're partnering with Sense on journeys. And, you know, so we've, we've baked that into our, into Bullhorn, into our process. And we are still evolving this, but we're identifying those inputs that are hard for us to always adhere to, but important for our customer or our candidate to be involved with and have, have touch points from. What we've done is really kind of leveraged these automated communications at certain trigger points within our workflow to make sure that we're managing expectations and we're touching our candidates and our companies appropriately so that we can have a really healthy experience throughout the journey that drives to that outcome. And more importantly, too, is once they're on that active engagement, you know, how are we making sure that we're leveraging technology to help us through that process? We've also used technology even on the forefront of this, which is we're using a technology called Maya, which offers artificial intelligence. And that's really, at this point, we're leveraging them for sourcing talent and really working with not only sourcing talent, but also sourcing talent inside our database. I learned actually a couple of months ago that we have about 4 million candidates that live in our database. And if you can imagine, there's no way we could ever possibly engage with them in a meaningful way with that type of volume. Well, Maya works 24-7. We help create the communication points that then Maya then ends up evolving over time because it's artificial intelligence and it learns. And we've seen some huge strides 
with being able to re-engage candidates and bring them back into an active status so we can help place. And if you can think about just where we're at right now with unemployment being so low, that finding talent is hard, right? That type of solution for us is really helping us stay competitive in the market and identify talent that I don't think we would have the capacity to identify without it. I mean, we have other technologies I can talk through, but they're more ancillary and not direct to the outcome. Those things are everyone's thinking about, right? Like you kind of hit on a lot of things. So improving the experience, obviously one of the one of the most important things, but then re-engaging talent. And I know, you know, kind of the idea of Sense and Hearfish and Maya, it sounds like. I didn't know Maya did that. I knew Maya was a AI tool for sourcing. I didn't realize that they had some searching capabilities inside the ATS to identify people that needed to be re-engaged. And is Maya sending the messages directly for you guys or is that coming out of, out of Sense? Maya is doing all of that directly. Okay, cool. We create the engagement that we want Maya to, to start sourcing from. So you can find specific skills, you know, job history, anything like that. And it'll go in and start searching your database and then having conversations with them. And the, the idea that we have, we were using Maya right now is that it's set up to create the discussion and work them to a place of getting scheduled for an interview. Because if they're in our database and, and they're inactive, we need to reactivate them and that we require, you know, some a uh, phone interview or face-to-face interview to, to bring that to life. Do they know they're talking to uh, an AI tool or a robot, I guess, at that point? No. In fact, we actually were demonstrating this with the big client opportunity about three weeks ago. And we, we did demonstrations with them and they were like, this is amazing. Like, you, you can't tell. Got it. That's- it is so mindful of the language it uses so that it doesn't sound like it's choppy or it's not a person. It's not phone-based. It's like text message-based, I'm assuming, or email-based. It's all text-based okay, cool. communication. And then the other tool that we recently started using is CloudCall too, so that we CloudCall links right into Bullhorn so that one of the cool things with CloudCall is that it, live, it basically integrates with Bullhorn. The other problem that I always saw is that as an industry, we have to document everything because, again, from a compliance standpoint, there's just a lot that can come back to us. And so we required to document every conversation we have. And that's also a problem because we only have so much time in a day to create a healthy journey to an outcome, right? So that's another caveat. And what it does for us is it helps us by you and I, for example, having a conversation. And the moment we get off the phone, that conversation is recorded and dropped into your profile. I can always go back to it from a notes perspective versus having to take two minutes of my time to document the conversation. Coming from locums, we would call our references and having cloud call built in, those, all those calls will get saved. And so if we just, we needed to send that to someone in QA to approve. So we would go find the reference call, person that we called, download it and send it. But it was in the ATS already. So it was tremendously helpful. Or we just added a, you know, at this person to go have them go in and, and check out the time and date of that call and, and listen to it. So it was confirmed. So I'm a big fan, know those guys well and helped implement it at my old company. But yeah, I mean, the compliance piece is huge. And I think that's something that, you know, having it integrated into the system is, again, one of the most important things you can do. So awesome, man. Well, what are you seeing for the future in technology? What are you looking for? And then maybe, you know, kind of round out where, they, where people can find you if they have any questions or they want to uh, pick your brain. Obviously, the future is subjective and there's a lot that's coming and technology is coming at such a fast pace. The way I've tried to position where I think the industry will go is that I do believe that recruiting is an art. I think at its core, the ability to understand humans and be able to understand them in a way that you can make matches that are healthy and, and actually drive potential of everything forward. 
that to me is is truly an art. And I believe not everybody in our industry, very actually, I'd say a very few percentage of people that overall work in our industry really are true artists in what they do. And so I do believe that technology can play a part in understanding the non-artistic components of what what we're doing to help minimize minimize the the human or manual interactions that don't necessarily drive to the outcome and can actually either potentially adversely affect the journey because they may not be properly trained. They might be not looking at it as an artist. They might just be processing things. And if, if there are, there's a, there are a lot of elements to manage an expectation um, throughout a journey that is all about um, managing the process. Right. And, and it's, um, and I think, and I want to believe that as technology continues to evolve and we have greater artificial intelligence components to what we do, I think there's a lot of that non-artistic process components to the industry that technology can help and solve for and really work to focus on training and developing artists in our industry so that the outcomes we generate are truly special. We end up becoming more customer service focused where we use the power of people to really add the right components to that journey and that outcome. So this industry is better recognized. When you think about what we do, we match talent with opportunity. I'm sure you hear the same thing I do. You go to any company, every company I go to, and I've been to thousands of them, what's your number one issue? Talent, can't figure it out, can't get enough of them, can't get it right, all of it. And then you look at our industry, which our industry, our job is to match talent with opportunity. That's what we're getting paid for. And then you see an abysmal score of four this past year. And that just tells me everything's messed up. We're not focused enough on the artists who do the right work. We need technology to come in and help solve for this processes that don't require an artist to be involved in so that we can manage the expectations appropriately and really provide the right service of matching talent with opportunity to the companies in the U.S. and, and globally. I have two questions from that. First question, and this is not to be like, you know, kind of just throwing this away, but for light industrial and for more of those fast paced ones, is, is that require the artistry or are you talking more of like the, you know, kind of the higher level direct hire pieces? I've never done any light industrial work besides talk to a lot of companies that do it. So I'm definitely not an expert in it, but it kind of, where do you see the artistry actually really needing to live? I'll give you a personal story about myself and I don't want to make this all about me, but did believe Obviously, it's probably why I started my business. I had a lot of confidence in what I was doing, and I did believe I was an artist in how I worked. And my validation for me about that was actually when I started this business and I got my first light industrial account. Prior to starting my company, I was just doing accounting and financial placements at, at Robert Haas and, and account temps. And so that was kind of the area that I focused on. It was much more professional in that regard. That my first big client, the wage for each temporary person was seven dollars an hour. And I, over time, created, very quickly created a process for that that was specific for that client based on how I could understand the culture, you know, interviewing all the different line managers and the plant manager and really understanding who they were and what they wanted. I had a sense for the type of people who would work for them. And I'm not kidding you. You fast forward 10 years later, there were probably 20 people at least that I had placed out there at that wage rate that were still there. That to me spoke to the artist part of placing at any level. There's still that like sixth sense that you have of understanding the company and that talent that can work successfully with that company based on who they are, what they want to do and all of that stuff. 
And so I do believe that there is an artist ability or portrayal in every aspect of staffing. Now in light industrial, there's a ton of volume associated with it. And you still have to maintain the uh, basically almost similar processes that you would at different higher levels that don't require as much volume to create success. So even more so at that level, it's important for us to use technology to help us manage those processes and automate it. And plus, by the way, I mean, industrial space tends to be more commoditized than other aspects of staffing. And so I think that's why even more so technology can play a critical role in working on that side of the fence. I'm glad I stand corrected. And I think that makes, that's a really great story, by the way. So if everyone was hiring people and they were still working there four to five years later, that's a great outcome, right? And that's from you spending the time doing the steps, right, that you were talking about to get the outcome that you wanted. So makes sense. I know we don't have a ton of time, but you learn a lot of things from your experience. And I worked in a pizza shop when I was in college. And a lot of people that worked in that shop were the kind of workers that I would place in the industrial space. I learned a lot from them. They taught me everything I needed to learn about how you can do light industrial staffing better. I want to hear that story. By the way, I think anyone who makes pizza, anything that happens in a pizza shop is magical. Yeah. As an Italian guy from New Jersey, let's be honest, right? Like that's a very important part of my life. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much, man. That was awesome. Real quick, how can people find you online and pick your brain or connect with you? So website is www.mytalentlaunch.com. That's the website for the Talent Launch Network. My email address is grossman at mytalentlaunch.com. It's probably the best way to get to me. I'm on LinkedIn at Aaron Grossman as a profile that you can look up. I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it as much. Also on Facebook. All right, well, I appreciate it. You gave out your personal email address. You are a brave soul. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Aaron, thank you. That was great. And I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you to our sponsors, EmployStream, Staffing Hub, and Great Recruiters.